Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Brian Seaman, and you're listening to The Lob, The Jam, The Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Lob, The Jam, The Podcast. Uh, but this is not just any episode of The Lob, The Jam, The Podcast. One, because this is me, Rob, on, on the mic, if you can't tell already, and uh, I don't I don't host too much. But more importantly, uh, we have a, a special guest here, um, Law Murray of The Athletic. And I don't think I really need to intro too much. I feel like if you listen to our podcast, you probably follow Law or, or read him at The Athletic. But Law, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm glad that, you know, we got East Coast representation up on this thing. Philly? Uh, I, I would say Philly represent, but I've only lived here for like nine months. I, I feel like I can claim Michigan a little bit more than Philly, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like the East Coast. I, I will defend East Coast weather. Like, give me some seasons, you know. I love L.A. I grew up in L.A., but, like, I like fall. I like spring. Listen, I'm in L.A., and I'm from Philly, so... You being in my city means you represent in the East Coast. There it is. There, I, okay. <laughs> I I can start saying that now. I'm glad. Um, and, and you know, I will say Philly should be lucky to have me because since I've been out here, Philly's gone to the World Series. Union were in the uh, championship game. Eagles, you know, that went to the Super Bowl. That the the Sixers are looking good. So hey, I'm, I might be Philly's. You know, good luck charm. I don't know. Make sure they win a championship for me, man. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because <laughs> if they don't, then all they're going to do is say, you the reason for the heartbreak. I'm pretty sure a couple people have already told me that when I've, I've tried this line see? of thought on them. But, uh... <laughs> you already know. you. Uh, I'm glad that you're making yourself at home already. Yeah. But um, we could talk about the Sixers. The Sixers are, are, are looking pretty good. The Sixers are in their own fun series. But um, we're here to talk about the Clippers, of course. And uh, the Clippers are coming off a uh, tough loss. I don't know how to really describe it. Um, you know, they lost game to uh, 123 to 109, as uh, the guys talked about yesterday in the immediate recap. Um, but it was a hard fought game. I think overall the Clippers played quite well. I don't really have a, a ton of nits to pick. I mean, they the, the role players did not shoot well. Ultimately, shooting is something you you can't control too much of. It's I I don't really have any issues with a lot of the shots they took. A lot, I guess you know you were there. Um, what what did you see from the Clippers in Game Two outside of the Suns just making every mid range shot they took? Like, what were what was something you saw that maybe bodes well for the Clippers going forward, or, or maybe is is a bad sign that you took out of Game Two? I thought that the fact that they got that thirteen point lead to start was really impressive because Phoenix slept walk through the first quarter of game one and the energy was absolutely the kind of energy that you'd expect a team down 0-1 with home court advantage to have. I mean, just the defensive pressure in the half court, uh, not just Kevin Durant, all those guys to begin the game. The fact that Kevin saw who was guarding him, Russell Westbrook, 
uh, first possession and took him right to his office, made his first shot after it took Kevin, what, like 15 minutes to make yep. his first shot in game one. And the Clippers, they they absorbed all of that and still led at the end of the first and still built a 13-point first half lead. I thought that was incredibly impressive. Um, it, it was the kind of energy to start a game to absolutely let the cells know. Because, again, when you're on the road, all you have is your team. Mm. Those guys who are on the traveling party, the guys on the bench, the coaching staff, everyone that you're on the floor with, that's it. Everybody else is against you, especially in the playoffs, right? So unless you're you know, you're uh, one of those teams that has traveling fans, um, there are <laughs> traveling there are some – hey, there are a lot of people uh, wearing some ugly Clipper jerseys up in Phoenix uh, in the last several days that made their way into the footprint center. But I digress. Um, I thought the Clippers did a, a, a really nice job making it clear they weren't satisfied with one one win. Um, the problem is the Suns are a better team. Uh, I thought the Suns were a better team in game one, to be honest with you. Uh, to have a 25-point turnaround in a game – means you're a powerful team. And that's what the Suns did in game one. But the Suns, they weren't ready to begin game one. They weren't really in a place where they could finish game one. Um, guys just weren't good defensively for the Suns in game one. Uh, the Suns kept treating Kevin Durant like Mikael Bridges at the end <laughs> of the game in game one. Um, those things didn't quite happen in game two. I mean, you saw the turnaround but the Suns did not have uh, – or th- this game was winnable basically when the fourth quarter started. It was the same case yep. in game one. Now, game one, Monty just screwed up. Monty played goofy lineups that pretty much opened the door for the Clippers uh, when the Suns had everything. Momentum, a big lead – not a big lead, but certainly a, a lead where one more run and you have a big lead and you're talking, uh-oh, are we going to get garbage time? I mean, Monty did a great job cutting the fat from uh, Mm. cutting out bad lineups. But this game, it was still a five-point game. And that's significant because in game one, the Clippers, they outscored the Suns by five points, right? Um, That was a tie game entering that fourth quarter of game one. So those five points obviously was the difference. In game two, the Suns were up by five points. So the Clippers repeat their fourth quarter, right? Not exactly point for point, but they repeat – the quality of their fourth quarter, you're at least talking an extra possession or extra period to decide the game. You extend the game. And I just thought it was encouraging that the Clippers started the game the way they did. It was mm-hmm. discouraging how the rest of the game went. And then the fourth quarter was their worst quarter of the game. Um, anyway, you look yeah. at it. It was their worst quarter of the game. They won a game in the fourth quarter in game one. They lost it in game two. And I think the defense, look, those dudes are (laughs) incredible shooting where they're shooting from. I actually think that the Clippers defense, they kind of, with the personnel that they're playing, um, maybe we can get to that, but I think they did what they had to do defensively. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're going to win a game like that, you got to score. And 22 points isn't going to cut it. And I thought the most interesting thing about the 22 points, it came from three guys. I mean, I thought I was looking at the 2013 NBA Finals. <laughs> you got to have more guys scoring if you're going to beat this team. Like, you know, I mean, Kawhi, Russ, and, and Norm, they scored 22 points. That was more points than those dudes combined for in the fourth quarter of game one. Yep. So that tells you what needs to be better Don't when when the series goes back to L.A. Um, if they're going to play offensive-minded guys or if they're going to play small, then those guys need to contribute. Mm-hmm. And there is just not enough opportunity for that to happen in game two. Yeah, I agree with all there was there was a lot there. And and I agree with, with you know, just about all of it. I think, you know, before we, we maybe get a little pessimistic, um, I will say I've been I've been very happy with how the Clippers have started games because we've talked all year about how this team does not start games. Well, they come out, they're old, they're slow. We all know that they probably know that they do not often start games well. Um and this series, they have started both games very well. Um, and that's huge. I mean, it's huge for any team, but it's especially huge for an under-talented team in this series. Um, and I have really been impressed with that. I think, you know, this is, again, not to credit everything to, to Russell Westbrook, but I think that's something that um, people, you know, teammates have talked about in terms of his energy, in terms of, like, how how hard he, he wants to go out there. Um, and I think, you know, that that is that is a part of it. 
Um, and I have been impressed with that. I will say, you know, you've touched on something that, and it's the reason why I picked the Suns in six in this series, is you basically hit the nail on the head, right? Which is that in in game two, uh, down the stretch, I was tweeting with our friend Adam Osland, um, and he was saying like, you know, oh, the offense is the issue. I was like, well, I don't know. Like the defense is kind of the issue. The Suns are scoring every possession. He's like, well, you know, if you're not scoring on offense, then, you know, they they get the ball. They're, they're able to, you know, get out in the break. They can push the pace. I thought the Suns did a much better job pushing the pace, uh, especially Devin Booker, I think was really attacking quickly uh, in game two. And they had the ball in Chris Paul's hands less until the very end when he kind of took over. Um, but in the second half, it was a lot more KD, a lot more Booker, which makes sense. Those guys are better. Um, but I thought that, you know, the defense is it, it, it goes both ways. And that's the tricky thing about basketball is, you know, if you're not getting stops, then, um, you know, you're taking the ball out of your own basket every time you're not getting out in the fast break. And, you know, one of the reasons the Clippers got Russ and why they tried John Wall is to try to inject a little bit more pace and energy into a team that, again, they know is old and slow. But if you're not getting stops, it doesn't really matter. You can push the pace out of you know, out of possessions where the other team scores on you, but it's just not going to be as effective. And so it is, it's a yin and yang thing. And and the issue without Paul George is the Clippers just don't have that many two-way guys. In in fact, in this series, they've had Kawhi and then Russ, who's been awesome on defense and was good on offense in game two after being not good on offense in game one. And then it's like, you have your big man in zoo and then Nico, who's not hitting shots, Eric Gordon, whose defense has been okay, but, you know, he's not, like, a great defender. And then you go on down the list, and it's, like, one-way guys. Um, and that's really the issue, because if you're trying to match the Suns scoring-wise, you got to play those guards. Like, we've talked, like you have to try to ride Norm or Eric or, or Bones, even. And we can talk about Bones. Um, but, you know, I, I, you have to try to play them to match the firepower. But if you do that, then you're sacrificing defense. Um, and, you know, we saw that, you know, Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant just don't care when those guys are guarding them. It just, they're too small. Even when they play good defense, I think Norman and Eric Gordon have been really physical. That's what they, that's what they're good at on defense, but it just doesn't matter. Like they're, they're just too short. So I think that leads into potential rotation changes, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, we've seen that Ty Lue has, has leaned offense heavy all year. Um, he tried the super small lineups in in game two. I'm guessing you don't think that makes a return in game three. The the five, the four guard plus Kawhi lineup. I'm guessing we don't see that again. But do you do you think Ty tries that again game three? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't, I think try I think Ty just wanted to see something different. Sure. Uh, because they were at a point where, okay, 
they played big the entire series, basically, right? Yep. And if you're playing big and you can't get it to your bigs, try something different uh, offensively. And Ty went away from it. So there was still a competitive portion of the game where, you know, T. Wu was like, all right, you know what, this isn't going to work. Let me throw Zoo back in there. Yep. That's what I'm getting at when I say more guys have to figure something out offensively. Uh, and that's this is an offensive skewed uh, rotation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, even though the Clippers have outscored the Suns bench, I don't think that those guys, any of those guys off the bench are really in a spot where they can say that they're playing their best. Mm-hmm. And you hope that that changes when you go back to L.A. Uh, I think even though the Suns bench hasn't, I mean, there's a lot of dudes who don't do much. But Monty has the advantage of knowing that he's going to play KD, Book, and CP uh, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. The two of those three are going to be on the floor at all times. Aiton is a distant fourth, but still the thing with Aiton is that, you know, he plays center. Like, who cares, basically? <laughs> like, Aiton's going to make the most of his opportunities. He's going to rebound. Um, it doesn't really matter who that who those other guys are. I think Tory Craig's actually been more important than Aiton has been. Um, yeah. Look at Tory Craig and what he's done versus with Nicholas Batum and what he's done. Nico can be a two way guy if he's hitting threes, but Nico has to one get attempts, and that yep. hasn't really been happening. And two, Nico has to hit hit those attempts. And I mean, Nico's made one shot, a three. It's tough. The entire series as a starter, I think. Even if he was coming off the bench playing a, a bit role, um, like a 20-minute role off the bench, I think people would still be like, damn, he just got to get it together. Um, it, it makes it a little bit more glaring because it's when you talk about rotation changes, it's tough to break up a starting lineup that is literally starting the games with the they, – they, they are they are, they're ahead in these games. Yeah. The, the problem has been starts of these third quarters because in the third quarters, the Suns have – figured out whatever the heck happened in the first half and they've taken control of these games. Like Nico's been really good in first quarters. Ben then Nico has been really bad in quarters two and three to the point where in the fourth quarter, he's like, I got to go win the game back. And Nico's not scoring on these scorers out there. Uh, they're going to, it makes all the sense in the world to keep starting those guys together right. uh, and then hope that the bench can be even better. And how does the bench be better? If you're Bones, you're playing all your minutes next to either Russ or Kawhi. That turns Bones into a guy who should be able to get his shots, his threes. He's just got to hit him. Uh, he had two good looks in the fourth quarter of game two. He missed both. Uh, the fourth quarter started with Bones trying to make a play. He got a screen from Plumley. Mace is in the paint. They pretty much collapse in the paint. But Bones traps himself on the sideline, and Chris Paul is physical with him. Chris, that was the beginning of a really strong defensive quarter by Chris Paul. I just yep. want to point that out. So, I mean, if, if Bones can't score, then Bones isn't helping you. Uh, Norm, Norm's been really good. There's been one glaring issue with Norm this month. It's been his threes. You got to have guys who can shoot and make threes. Uh, and Norm has really struggled with that this month. He's made two out of 20 this entire month, going back to uh, the game in New Orleans where he had to start in April yep. 1st next to Kawhi. That's been an issue. Um, I already touched on the centers, but Mason in particular, Mason isn't the most aggressive big. Um, no. <laughs> and so if he's going to be in there in the second unit, um, it would be nice if you could just give Mason pulling the ball and him look for a shot. But Mason doesn't always do that. And and if the floor is more open, then Mason is obviously going to run the floor. But you know what? You're not going to run the floor if dudes is making mid-range shots all the time. Yep. Like, those mid-range shots that the Suns are making is why this series can grind to a halt because the Suns are setting up their defense Yep. after every single mate. You know, you miss those shots and then you have a little bit more opportunity to steal the game. That's why the end of the third quarter of game one was so critical. And that's why this Clippers bench was had a, a big role in what was a nine-point lead with four and a half left in that third quarter of game one. It was a tie game by the end of that third quarter because jokers like Jock Wandale were out there missing mid-range shots. <laughs> and the Clippers were like, thank you. It, yeah. it was a gift from – it was manna from heaven. 
Shout out to Rob Palenka signing KCP. <laughs> so, and then that leads me to Terrence. Because Terrence is the other guy. Like, we're talking about rotation changes. Terrence is the other guy. And I'm going to say the same thing about Terrence that I say all the time. When that dude decides he's going to beat his man and get to the rim and get to the basket, everything is better with the Clippers. And the problem is Terrence just too often doesn't do that. And I think the Suns are playing Terrence like a guy who's not looking to score, mm-hmm. and it's killing the Clippers right now. It's killing Terrence. Terrence has a two to six assist to turnover ratio in the series right now. It's like Terrence, stop trying to make the make like you're getting into the paint and passing out to nobody. Terrence has to just Terrence has to dunk on somebody. Terrence has to play with the kind of like aggression that is going to make the Suns kind of realize that they can't just like, you know, fall back on him. Like Terrence is playing too many minutes where he's out there not doing anything. He played like seven minutes in the fourth quarter, didn't take a single shot, didn't have, didn't make any plays, didn't grab a rebound, didn't get a steal, not really doing anything. And that's not going to work. He's basically playing power forward. Um, And he's playing power forward because he's faster and has the athletic ability that the three veteran power forwards on this roster uh, theoretically don't really have. But Terrence has to make himself an option, and that hasn't happened often enough. Yeah, I think I, I agree. You know, even though the Clippers bench has has technically outplayed the Suns bench, it's really just because the Suns bench is so bad. Um, and in, I mean, in the second game, I mean, only three of them really played. Uh, Damian Lee played three minutes. TJ Warren played two minutes. Uh, Ish Wainwright apparently played, I, I guess, at the very end, actually, in, in at the one minute of garbage time. That's when he played. But, um, like, the guys that are playing, like, Landry Shamit has not done anything. Uh, Bismack Biombo outplayed Mason Plumley, um in, in game two. And I think that was kind of a, a sneaky thing in, in game one. Uh, Plumley dominated the Suns' backup big men. And, and hey, you know what? You know what Biz has been doing, Rick? Rick, Rick you know what? You, you know what he's been doing. Uh, starting in game two. Offensive. What did you notice about Bismarck when he got when he got in the game? Well, one, um, he is blocking shots, <laughs> but in terms of, um, I would say he's been a little bit more aggressive defensively. Um, in terms of like, you know, Aiton is, is softer defensively. That's, that's part of why, you know, he's not as effective as he should be. I think Biombo has been a little bit more physical. Like he does foul a little bit. Um, but I think he's, he had a couple kind of bad fouls. He had that awful pass, but like, I think he's been almost more aggressive than, than Aiton has on both ends. Like he's actually taken probably more shots like around the rim than Aiton has. Um, I was actually I, I thought Monty might just stick with him, um, but I don't I don't know if there was something in particular. But I thought Biombo was great in Game Two. He was really good. Biombo checked in the Game Two and guarded Kawhi, mm-hmm. and let Kevin Durant be around the rim as the nominal center. He did have as a, a rim protector. Blocks. Yeah, and the thing with Biz as Biz is not that much taller than Kawhi. Like we're talking, yeah. you know, I was like. Biz, you like six eight, and Biz is like I'm six eight and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Biz is a big, strong dude. Like he's he's buff as hell. He's after, he's one of those dudes that you know what I'm saying like if he played at St. Joe's, he would have just been knocking heads on balls in the eighth ten. Like that's how it's not Miyambo's built, right? And this, this, the dude is going to compete. And yes, he's there to hurt people. He's there to be physical. So he comes in the game and checks Kawhi and just tries to move his feet with him because it's like this. Kawhi tries to go by him. This is just going to bump him and foul him and hit him. Yep. And if Kawhi's like, I'm not dealing with that, and Kawhi's just going to, you know, do what he usually did with Biz was on him, get him with the mid-range. But if that's going to happen, you're going to have Biz come in and you're going to let Kevin just chill on the center. They got us. The Clippers got to find a way to get Zoo and Plumlee more shots. Yep. Because Kevin Durant is not playing centers so that he can be a post defender. He's playing yep. center so that he can just jump and fly around the rim, which Kevin has been very active in this series doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many blocks he has. I can tell you in a second. Um, Kevin Durant got game two uh, and yeah, two in game couple. one. Yeah. Okay, and that doesn't include Kevin blocking uh, Le- Kawhi's dunk attempt, and they call it a foul on KD. Um, in the first quarter. So Kevin has been very active 
as a run protector. That's been a really smart thing that the Suns did defensively. And that's where I'm talking. Like, is the Suns been scoring points? No. Do the Suns have guys that they can kind of give spot minutes to and it optimizes their starters? Yes. And that's something that, honestly, Tilo hasn't quite done that. Uh, I don't think, like, I think the benches, the Clippers benches scored, but what the Clippers bench hasn't done is I don't think uh, Tilo hasn't really tapped into, you know, finding different uh, combinations. I think he's pretty, he's, he's kept it pretty, um, how can I say it? Pretty static with his yes. rotations. It's pretty much been starters, bench filters in, those in, Kawhi's going to rest, Russ is going to come in, hold up the bench. The Russ bench lines have been pretty good, but then as soon as the bench starts to peel back out of the game, the starters haven't hit. Eric and Nico, they started these games outstanding, especially Eric. Eric's, Eric's shooting in the first quarters has been a godsend, but Eric doesn't have the same stuff for most of the rest of the game. Now, when Eric hit that big three at the end of the fourth quarter, that was huge. When Eric hit those icing free throws, that was that was the game. They mm-hmm. won by five. Those five points was like, they got it, right? Eric didn't score in the fourth quarter. So it's tough. Um, it, 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 it's tough. It's, it's pretty much, you know, trying to get guys to – be at their best. There's so many opportunities for improvement. I didn't see enough improvement in games two. That's a big concern. You're you gotta hope that it hits in game three, because you know what game four is. <laughs> game four yeah. is a matinee game, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I do think you know um the Suns and and you talked about it um at at the beginning there um the Suns were just they they were not serious. I, we've been talking all the year about how the Clippers aren't serious. The Suns were not serious in game one with their rotations. Um, you know, Monty yeah. Williams had those like Devin Booker and four bench. And he was playing like, I mean, Ish Wainwright was getting minutes. And like, I, I just, I don't know how, like, <laughs> like no disrespect to Ish Wainwright, but like he should not be like on the floor yeah. in, in playoff rotation minutes. And, and but, um, but why was he though? He was on the floor defense. to do the same thing that after a while, you know, Monty was like, screw this i'm just going to if i'm going to put a bigger you know borderline football player on Kawhi leonard i might as well go with this like, yeah that's really what it came down to like Monty has three usable guys off the bench right now it's it's landry shamit because when landry's in landry's not even playing that well right now offensively and that's really all you ask him to do but landry scares you landry has the quote-unquote respect factor as a shooter mm-hmm. it's the opposite of terrence Mann. Whereas Terrence, Terrence is a really good shooter, right? Because when he shoots, he makes it But teams don't defend him like a good shooter. They don't. With Landry, Landry's got a little bit of pull so that if you're disrespecting Torrey Craig, which the way that Torrey's shooting, I don't know how long that holds up. You know, you can be like, oh, we're going to put the zoo on Torrey Craig. You wouldn't do that with Landry Shannon. You see what no. I'm saying? And so that's where Landry's being used. Biz is like, screw it. We're just going to play Biz. Jock Glondell's not going to play. I think I think Jock's time in this series is over as far as rotation. And then you're going to play Josh Akogi because Josh is going to run around, have energy. And Josh is another guy who, you know, you used to not defend seriously because of his shooting, but he's shooting well enough that he can stick in, in the half court. And then he's going to just defend a bunch of guys that, you know, you you need some guys who can run around chasing dudes. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the playoffs too. Can you play 15 minutes and just bump and hustle and give good. us extra possessions? That's it. Monty doesn't need to play anyone else. And you know who's going to come back at some point is Cameron Payne. And yep. um, they've missed Cameron Payne just because they don't want to play Chris Paul as much as they have. They've gotten away with it through two games. Um, you're going to get a terrible Chris Paul game at some point. Actually, game one was pretty bad. I think yeah. people were looking at, you know, Russ and how he shot three of nineteen. Dude, Chris was worse. Two of eight, yeah. <laughs> Chris's yeah. two for eight was worse than Russ's three of nineteen. Okay, yeah. Russ outscored Chris Paul in game one. That mattered. It really did. But I think Chris Paul has actually been the been a key factor in the series. You have to make Chris play playoff Chris Paul basketball. Playoff Chris Paul basketball makes mistakes at inopportune times. <laughs> okay, that hasn't happened. Now, the closest thing that happened was, again, just miss losing possessions and the fact that Chris's mid-range was completely off in game one. Mm-hmm. Chris Cook from the mid-range in game two right down to the fourth quarter. And 
if he's going to do that and he's going to have an 18 to two assist turnover ratio, which he has right now, and no no live ball turnovers from Chris Paul yet, you're going to get a series where it's going to be really hard for you to take advantage of extra opportunities for the Suns because they're shooting it so well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when Chris Paul plays as well as you, you know, KD and, and Booker are going to play well. Um, I, you know, not necessarily great, not as maybe as great as, yeah, definitely not great. Those dudes, those dudes are not efficient, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they, they, they scored enough, um, you know, especially Booker in that, that third quarter just could not miss. Um, but I, I think you, 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 there was a good segue there. Uh, we've just missed it, but we'll, we'll circle back around for guys who, maybe um, do have the respect of, of defenses as shooters or guys who are gaining the respect of defenses as shooters. I, I think we do have to talk about Marcus Morris um, and Robert Covington. Um, neither of them have played a minute so far. Uh, Marcus Morris, people were talking about the defense um, a lot of the year. Really at the end, I think what cost him was the offense. Like there was one of the last games he played, teams were not guarding him from three at all. And um you know, but you have to think that like in the playoffs, like Marcus Morris played well against the Suns two years ago. Like they remember that um, he's a guy who like I've been on as hard of Marcus Morris as anybody. But I was I've always said, like, you know, if you play him, he will hit shots like eventually he will hit shots. Um, and Robert Covington, as 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 flawed as he is on offense, like he he cannot dribble. He's not as quick. A, he doesn't make as quick a reads as like a Nico Batum. He doesn't have the mid-range game of Marcus Morris. He will take threes. Like if you're worried about Nick Batum not shooting, Robert Covington, if anything, he takes too many threes. Some of the shots he takes are, are wild. Like they're shots like you'd expect from like, you know, a Steph or a KD or somebody who's like an amazing all-time shooter. But he does take them. He gets shots up. And Marcus Morris has the, the shooting respect. And those guys, you know, Rocco, not great at point of attack. We know what he can do on help defense. Marcus Morris, a little stouter, you know, can play some of the maybe post defense in small ball lineups against like Aiton. I don't know if Aiton can really move him much, um, but like certainly not good, you know, switching out on the perimeter. And at least he wasn't maybe a couple weeks rest have done him well. I mean, do we think, do you think we see these guys in, in game? I, I have to imagine at some point, one of them is going to get run. I don't know if it's going to be game three, but you have to think that like between the Clippers lack of the, the shooting misses on, on the second unit and just there, there are too many guards. I would guess one of them, you know, sees something sooner or later, maybe both of them. I don't know. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the right thing to do for the Clippers in game three is to stay with their starting lineup and expand the bench. Um, I think I, I, I do, and and mainly because 
T said this, and I know T Lou is a um, pathological liar at times. <laughs> I, I say that I, I say that with love and respect because uh, I've been around I've been around for T Lou for you know every game for three years, yeah. um, almost every game. So um, they they know where I'm coming from on this. Um, uh, I don't I, I don't shade I don't shade coaches, but I can tell it like it is. I mean. T. Lou straight up li- lied to people about doubling AD, right? No, oh, <laughs> everyone yeah. saw that coming. So <laughs> he did say that Marcus was going to have a role in the rotation in the series. Obviously, that hasn't happened game one or two. Why I here's the thing: T. Lou obviously had an extended rope with Marcus this year, and yep. I know people didn't like that. And the reason for it is because Marcus was an accessory to Paul and Kawhi. Like that's it. That's it. Paul and Kawhi are like, I keep going back to that dunk that Kawhi had over Maxi Cleveland in game one of the 2021 quarterfinals. And you see those guys just scowling over Maxi. That's an iconic image, a game that they lost, but a goddamn series that they won, right? And like, that's a foxhole guy. And um, more than T. Wu, like, that's Kawhi and PG are advocates for Marcus yep. you know but Paul gets hurt and then Marcus just stopped shooting you know he, he's been in a shooting slump for the better part of the um pretty much since the beginning of January and yeah, calendar, yeah. that shooting yeah. that shooting slump is the biggest thing his teammates kept saying dude just keep shooting keep shooting keep shooting I'm t- not talking just the stars I'm talking the other guys like T. Lou kept on talking about how um, he T. Luch kept trying to continue to give Marcus confidence, which T does everybody. Um, Toronto is pretty much that kind of coach. He wants, I think he's got a lot of Doc Rivers in him in terms of you're going to sit if you don't shoot. Like Jamal Crawford used to say that all the time. Like, you know, you're you're going to get benched if you don't shoot for those kind of coaches, right? Well, Marcus stopped shooting at during that Pelicans game in LA. Yep. And that's when Mark, that's the last time Marcus has played. Um, and that's the key for me. He did a good job. Marcus has done a good job at being physical with guys. When it comes to, oh, we're going to go small. Well, a key to playing small is someone's got to do the dirty work. And Marcus has turned himself into that player where, is he a good rebounder? He's never been that. Um, but he's been a guy who's going to hit you. He, it's, it's not just the enforcer role or intimidator role. There's a way to play physical without fouling, and Marcus does a pretty good job of that. Like, Marcus rarely gets in the kind of foul trouble where, you know, it really jumbles your rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus is the kind of guy where, in a series like this, he does matter. He defended Kevin Durant really well compared to literally everyone else when the Nets were in L.A., um, in November, uh, like I, I remember Kevin Durant torched everybody, Paul George, Terrence Mann, um, everybody that guarded him. But with Marcus, he really didn't want to smoke too much, like because Marcus is as close to Grant Williams. Who, if you remember, if you watched the playoffs last year, yeah, it was two guys who gave KD trouble Jason Tatum, his primary, and Grant Williams. Anytime he was in a big game, he was guarding KD, and Grant Williams is not the guy that you look at compared to other NBA athletes and go, oh, he's going to defensive stopper. Like, Kerry Williams is <laughs> six, six, was fat at Tennessee, like, wasn't anything impressive physically. But that dude knows how to play ball. He is assignment sound, and he knows how to use his body. Marcus is a vet. The reason why the Clippers wanted to trade for him, it was in part to guard those big dudes mm-hmm. who, you know, could score those old-school big big wings like LeBron, you know? Yeah. Marcus has defended LeBron as a Boston Celtic in several playoffs here. So they get Marcus in 2020 thinking that, well, the West is going to go through LA, the Clippers, Lakers, we need to get one of those guys. Um, it's a little antiquated because the, there's not a lot of those dudes around, but KD, old, old school, big wing, the way he's scoring right now is he gets comfortable. What, they're playing little guys on him. It reminds me of when KD and Oklahoma City Thunder used to play the Clippers in the playoffs. Chris Paul, and they yeah. used to put Chris Paul on him yeah. because Chris Paul would be physical. He'd be handsy. 
he just be disrupted. It's like it doesn't matter. Dude's gonna if he wants to shoot over you, he's gonna shoot over you. But what's gonna bother you? Like me, I'm a basketball player. I'm long and angular, right? If I like, I love playing defense against bigger dudes because I can get underneath them and get uncomfortable. It's like, oh, if you're gonna get your shot off, that's one thing. But you're not gonna get to your spot easily. You're gonna, you're you're gonna you're gonna fill me below your 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 chest. Marcus is is not going to block your shot. <laughs> he's not he's not gonna block your shot. What's he gonna do? He's gonna hit your ass. And so Marcus can defend KD. You know, when I say defend, I'm not saying shut down. I'm just saying make uncomfortable for portions of the game. He can do that with Kevin. He can do that with Devin Booker. Um, he can push DeAndre Ayton if you want to go small. Yeah. I'm not worried about Marcus's defense if he plays in a series like this. Like the conference finals two years ago, people were trying to say, oh, that, look at how things went. Marcus's plus minus was terrible. It was terrible because Marcus's knee was shot with guarding <laughs> Chris Zingas and Rudy Gobert while the Clippers were trying to come back from 0-2 deficits. Like mm-hmm. Marcus couldn't move. And we saw how much that held up when dude didn't, wasn't ready to begin the next season. You know, remember when he missed the first month, basically, of, you know, the sabbatical year, which is yep. what I call last year. <laughs> um, that's that, like, yeah, physically he was worn down. Like he got mm-hmm. his shot back, but it was the offense. That was why the Clippers struggled with Marcus on the floor while they went down 3-1 in that series. So the concern is the same. If Marcus is on the floor in game three or game four of this series, he has to make shots. He has to take shots, damn it, but he's got to make shots. Yeah. That's going to be the swing factor of whether he's going to be good or not. I don't worry about him physically. He's going to hit you. He told me last night he's healthy. Whatever, he was obviously coy about the reasons that, you know, the team gave for him not being available to play the health and safety protocols, the back spasms. You can probably, you know, draw your conclusions from that. That's great what Marcus wanted me to do, but the point is now he's healthy. I don't I think that if he plays, then there's a role for him defensively. But mm-hmm. it's the offense that we're talking about. Guys need to take and make shots, whether they're it's a three, the mid-range, or at the rim in the paint. Or in Norm's case, the free throw line. Guys have to get to their spots, make them, and you because that's what's going to decide this series at this point. Yeah, and I, I, I do just want to say on the quickly on the pathological liar thing. You then mentioned Doc like a minute or two later. I'm like, that's that's who Tyloo learned it from right there. Is is Doc Rivers? Um, the difference is, it was funny though. Is the difference is Doc talks a lot, and it's you have to like kind of parse. decode. But yeah, like Doc is so comfortable with the media. Like when yes. Doc was a player. Doc was an annual placement on whatever the heck they call it, the all interview team because Doc loved to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and like, come on, Doc started his career as an all star in Atlanta. You know, I mean, come on. His head coach was Mike Fratello. Now we know Mike Fratello more for T. Like, shout out to Mike Fratello, outstanding coach. But yeah. Mike Fratello, as soon as he was uncoached at Hawks, he was like, let me get this NBC money real quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then, and then it's like he goes. Doc goes to New York, where he plays for Pat. I mean, he plays for the freaking Knicks while they were good. So there's that. You know, then he goes to San Antonio, decides he's done playing, and goes to TV before you know starting his coaching career. Doc is comfortable with the media. Oh, so yeah. Doc Doc does a lot of lying slash saying a bunch of distracting stuff, but while yeah. saying a lot, he. He's just delicate. He's just not going to say anything. Anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. That's yeah. Tyron Lou. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and I think uh, the clip set guys had a good podcast about this earlier in the year. But it, it is always really funny when fans get, like, frustrated at, like, media's lack of answers. It's like, Tyloo's just not going to tell you anything. Like, it just – it is what it is. Like, you know, that's that's who he is. It's fine. I don't blame him. Um, it's just, like, uh, that. that is what it is. But um, I, I agree. I think – you know, and and again, I've been on uh, as tough on Marcus as anybody. I think he's going to play in this series. I'd be happy for him to play. I think they need more size. They need guys who can shoot. To be quite honest, I said this after game one, even though, again, you know, Mason Plumley was really good in game one. I would have thrown a curveball and just gone small with the second unit in game two. And, and Tyloo ended up going there anyway. I would be interested to see both Rocco and Marcus play small ball. And, you know, you, you throw Russ out there, that adds a lot more rebounding than they've gotten out of those small ball units earlier in the year when they did try that more. And it was like you're playing like Reggie Jackson and John Wall and all these guys who don't rebound. It's just it's too much for like, you know, Robert Covington and, and uh, 
Nico. And it's like, you know, you have Marcus out there to be a little bit more physical. Rocco playing help defense, rebounding. Russ out there. Then you throw in like Norm and Terrence. It could be something. Um, you know, I I I do like the size of, of Mason. I think his energy has been good. And, and like you said, if anything, they need to get him the ball more. But if like they're not, like at least space the floor, get some shooters out there. And like, you know, again, hope that like those guys can make shots because so far the Clippers role players haven't hit shots. But I did want to close. We have not talked about Kawhi Leonard basically at all yet, which is crazy because he's been the best. He's been the best player in the series so far. Um, yeah. You wrote an article about Kawhi Leonard, um, which is a very good at the athletic. It came out yesterday um, about kind of his road to recovery. It had, um, you know, talks and, and conversations with all these other guys who had also uh, had, you know, torn their ACLs like DeJounte Murray. Um, you had Jamal Murray, there was Markel Fultz. Um, and, and like, I think that a lot of people thought Kawhi Leonard would be very good this year. I'm not sure many people thought he'd be superstar Kawhi Leonard in his first year back. And he is full on superstar playoff Kawhi Leonard. Um, if they have any shot at the series, it's because he's the best player on the court, best player in the series. Um, he's been, you know, just ridiculous so far. I thought the second half of game two was probably his weakest half so far, but even then, like he was not getting any help. His defense was still, was still good. Um, he's taking the lion's share of, you know, a lot of the KD stuff, especially when Nico isn't in. Um, and you know, he's just been hitting like so many, so many mid-rangers he's been hitting his threes. Um, he's been getting to the line a little bit. Um, the, the playmaking when the, the Suns do double him has been quick. It's been good. Um, the turnovers, considering like how high his usage usages has not been high. Just talk a little bit about the story, you know, Kawhi Leonard's like recovery and also just like how good he's been. Cause again, like I, he's, he's awesome. He's a your first ballot hall of famer NBA top 75. I didn't think he'd be this good in his first year after, after they sell surgery. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson now during the Hyundai getaway sales event Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, that's why the Clippers are in this position now. Um, like, Kawhi wasn't that good until January. Right. Um, this team had a rocky season, and the first person I talked to for the story was Dario Sharch. And Dario is a player who a month after Kawhi got hurt, you know, I mean, and, and I, I saw Dario up close in the Suns Clippers Western Conference Finals, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I saw Dario, Dar, it was funny, Dario didn't dunk at all that regular season, and then he dunked, like, multiple times in the Clippers Suns. I'm like, what, what happened to this dude, right? Um, so, game one, Dario tears his ACL. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, the Suns had their best season ever last year. Um, regular season ever and Dario was like in witness protection like you knew he was a company so you already barely heard from him and so I was watching Eurobasket and I saw Dario come back looking like a heel turn in WWE um, playing with Avita Zubats in Croatia and you know I saw Dario not look like Dario Sharch like he was back but he was still had some good games but he had some games where it's like man he's just not there man you know but i kept that in mind because remember Eurobasket, which by the way danilo galinari former clipper towards acl and Eurobasket, i yep. felt awful for him you know yep. especially considering he really wanted to play in that tournament being that it was in italy right mm-hmm. um and so i'm thinking of all these things before you know training camp before media day, before the preseason games up in Seattle, I was there for all of that. 
I spent a lot of time around Clippers guys and, you know, um, like I, I got to see Kawhi and how rocked up that he became. And I was just like, man, on one hand, I can't wait to see Kawhi Leonard come back. On the other hand, I was like, how long is it going to be until he's that guy, you know? Uh, you're you're just like prognosticating a lot. Like people thought Clippers were going to do big stuff. And for me, I'm just like, a lot of these dudes that were they're relying on to fill in the gaps of last year's team, the the team that, you know, won 42 games with a lot of main pieces being out. It's like they're doing a lot of A plus B here, and that shit doesn't always work. You know, when you're asking so many main pieces, so many play starters, so many, as Tyloo will call them, cooks, right, for a team to have to get used to playing NBA basketball again while doing it together on a team that had already kind of worked it out, right? It reminded me a lot of uh, Kawhi and PG first year. You know, you're trying to A plus B a team. You know, on one hand, look at all these great players we're coming back with. On the other hand, it's like, man, those great players got some physical things going on, and you're trying to make it work with a team that figured out a, a, a way to win. Mm-hmm. So, and then Kawhi's knee flares up. Um, and the perspective that I got from so many guys helped me understand you just got to pay attention to the benchmarks and uh, trust everything that's going on. It's going to be frustrating. It frustrated the hell out of Tehran uh, this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I was around him. I, I was around him because Tehran was like, I built a whole offense in training camp around Kawhi and PG, basically. Yep. And Kawhi went down. By the time Kawhi comes back, he started having his issues. By the time those guys were together, the Clippers also learned the second unit made no sense whatsoever. And certain guys that they were counting on when the season started, like Luke, like Rocco, had to get canceled, you know, because there was just too many of those type of players. Like, they did not come into the season thinking, it's funny, I know we are supposed to talk about Kawhi, but this is a lot. You know, this is part of the Kawhi's. It is. is part it of is. the Kawhi. Everything is about Kawhi, right? It is. This is part of the Kawhi conversation. Kawhi is out, and you have to play certain guys, and you have to play a certain way to make up for Kawhi. Kawhi is an offensive elevator, the best in the league, one of the very best in the league, okay? Um, when I'm talking elevating offense, you have a guy who can play on the ball, play off the ball. You have a guy who can finish at the rim, who can shoot efficiently above the break in the corners. You have a guy who can get to the free throw line, a guy who can make plays for others, while at the same time taking care of the ball, while at the same time guarding multiple positions and making plays and your best rebounder. Kawhi Leonard is that kind of player who he elevates your team, but especially offensively at this stage of his career. You don't have that for two months, basically. And you don't have that. And Paul George, shout out to him because he did the same thing, put the team on his back. The team was great defensively. It was a rock fight offensively. But then Kawhi comes back and you're trying to reintegrate him and you're realizing that certain guys are canceled, basically. They did not realize Norman Luke, who did not play on the same unit last year, definitely not for a single period of time, were basically the same player, you know, and they valued Norm more than Luke because Norm could generate his shot, get to the free throw line, whereas Luke would too often be, you know, hidden. Um, That wasn't going to work. Rocco and Nico were intended to be the four or fives, the backups on that second unit. And you're thinking, we can do that because we have Paul and Kawhi. We're not worried about any rebounding deficiencies. We can do that. Well, Kawhi is out the lineup. Rocco gets legitimately sick while they're yeah. in Oklahoma City, you know. And by the time Rocco gets healthy, the team's like, we need some athleticism at the four. We're just going to put Terrence there because we need to play Terrence anyway. And by the time Roku gets back, it's like, dude, there's just too many guys. And that's the issue in a lot of the time. There's too many guys. So they changed the rotation uh, or changed the roster in January, February, basically knowing they had to make big trades because they're just a lack of a center. You had too many shooting guards. You had too many, too many guys. Um, and that's unfortunate for the guys who deserve to play but aren't playing. It's just too many guys, right? But it all comes back to Kawhi. When Kawhi's on the floor, you have a chance. Yep. Kawhi's shown that in this series. Game one, Kawhi got better as the game went on. He outplayed the guy everyone came to see. Everyone came to see KD. Ain't no, um, hadn't, you know, this team with KD especially. Kawhi 
took that and, and, and outplayed him. He's ready for this time of year. That's why you had him miss games. That's why you didn't see him play back-to-backs until literally the last two weekends of the season. That's why the team, you know, were very careful with his workload until he was ready to handle it. And then when he was ready to handle it, he was like selecting, being selective about when to push him. Like they pushed Kawhi hard at the end of the Grammy trip, but then like they peeled back and was like, yep, we, we gotta, we gotta balance this out. They did an outstanding job protecting Kawhi because Kawhi didn't pick up a serious injury after he came back in December. Like that was great work by the training staff that is probably going to not get re- utilized or recognized because that's a, one of the most maligned training staff in the NBA. It you know? is. Um, you got to give them credit. And so I don't worry about Kawhi. That's why Kawhi is a constant in a series with stars. He's the best. Um, and it's just about supporting him. And, you know, that's what that story is about. The story was about letting other guys who suffered an injury that we see on TV, we hear about, and we used to get scared about, and you should have the appropriate fear for an ACL injury. But at the same time, you got to just respect the grind of not just Kawhi, but so many other guys. But also understand that there's only one Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't coming back to be Kendrick Perkins. Shout out to Kendrick. But he wasn't coming back to be Kendrick Perkins. He was coming back to be, you know, an all-world force, the kind of player that you want to see in the playoffs. And that dude, Kawhi Leonard, is box office. And I really just hope that the Clippers – um, they can extend this because the only thing you can do for Kawhi more than what they're already doing is to get Paul George back with him. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, Kawhi has been amazing. He, I mean, he's just an amazing player. It's, it's just insane to watch him work. Cause it's, you know, other guys have been comp to him, um, you know, over the years, especially since his breakout, but just nobody, nobody plays quite like Kawhi Leonard, just the way the, the almost robotic way he, he moves, but also the, the footwork he has on some of these these moves in in the paint and in the post where he just maneuvers his way in and uh the strength i mean the strength is just is crazy in terms of yeah. moving guys out of their spots defensively but and his yeah. body is even better now than it was when he was with the spurs or with the raptors and unfortunately part of that is because of the injuries like he's had to work that much harder because of what his body has been through with the mm-hmm. knee with the quad I mean, I remember when San Antonio used to break his damn hand and he had durability issues with that too. Like his hands are legitimately massive and he's missed time because of injuries to his hands. Like, I mean, that dude loves to play. I think that's the thing about it. If you are watching the Clippers and you're frustrated by all the crap that's gone through in Kawhi's time here because of the time that he's missed, you got to understand that this is his time of the year. Uh, he really loves to play. He really did miss the game this year. I think he even misses the media sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. But um, Kawhi has—he's—he's he, he's different. He's changed, and I—and I don't know if I can express that because Kawhi's not going to just straight up and tell you. You just have to kind of feel it and be around him. Um, he's so motivated right now. He's so locked in, and I can only say that just because it's more than he used. Even more. And I never used to question Kawhi. Um, so it's not like I say this and is like, oh, he lacks motivation for it. It's like, no, it's elevated. Mm-hmm. This is the first time Kawhi's coming back from losing an entire year of his career, strictly because of injury. And yeah, you just hope that they can, you know, play in the May somehow. Yeah, I mean, I thought in in game two he was really animated about some of those calls, some of the the bumps and and you know asking for fouls and ones in a way you you really don't see a lot from him. I think that really you know spoke to, to how into into this he is and how much he wants to grind every point, get every free throw, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, check out the piece on the Athletic. Um, well, I know we've gone we've gone over a, a little over on the time, but uh, there was a lot there's a lot to talk about. It's been a it's been a great series so far um you know it's 1-1 going back to LA you hope that the role players whether rotation changes whether it stays the same some of these guys can hit shots at home I think we will see at least one of the role players have a big game in game three which one I don't know I'm kind of putting money on Norm I think he's probably played the best of those guys um all told and I think he's he's gonna cook in one of these games I don't Um, think Norm counts bro (laughs) I'm, I'm not even kidding I 
like if if you're looking for a role player to pop that hasn't quite done it yet in this series, I, I even with Norm's shooting issues um, outside the paint, he's been outstanding in the paint and at the rim. Yeah, he's been good. I can't count him. I can't count Norm. I can't count Russ. I can't count Kawhi. Yeah, it's gotta be someone Russ else. Um, yeah, it's yeah, gotta we'll, be someone else. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. I mean, people have been telling me it's gonna be a, a bone. There's gonna be a bones game. I I don't know if bones is gonna get the, the opportunity to have a bones game. We'll we'll see. Um, but um, I I think they get one, and whether it's it's tomorrow or, or game four, that's that's the game they have to win because Russ and, and Kawhi are showing up. Norm is showing up. Um, and and they just need like even just one really good role player performance, and and they can they can win this. Like they've shown that they're competitive with the Suns team. The Suns have more top end talent. Uh, I think the Suns will continue to to figure out their rotations as the series goes along. We briefly talked about campaign. Him coming back is going to be huge. Um, the Clippers really struggle with those quick, you know, twitch guards. Um, campaign is super fast, um, and and they they can scale, you know, Chris Paul's minutes back, so he'll be more effective in the minutes he does play. It's going to be a lot. Um, I think he's still questionable for tomorrow. I'm not sure, but yeah, um, he's still questionable. Yeah, and so, he's he's questionable, and I'm. The, the the way Monty is talking about campaign, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure we see him. Just, I mean, now the way the way uh one of the Clippers players talked to me about campaign, they're convinced that Cam should be able to play. But um, the way Monty is saying it, I think there's some real concern about um his mo- campaign's mobility. So that that does bear watching. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I obviously hope for the best for him. Back injuries are are no joke. Um, but Law, do you have any any final comments, any final things you wanted to plug before we uh, let you get out of here? Yeah, well, I'm gonna say shout out to my whole squad at the Athletic, not just the writers, but anyone who's been an editor. Uh, like our team is really good. Um, I've, I've been an editor. I've been at a big place before the Athletic as an editor, and I can appreciate editors. Um, we have a good group over there. Uh, we're doing a lot of great work. So shout out to them. Um, and I am, I, I really think that the winner of game three probably, um, is going to be a driving force of winning this series. I really do. I don't, I, I've watched this team play on serious basketball when matinee is too long. Um, the series is coming really fast. Um, and I just feel like game three, um, I, I hope it's not the last night game in that, at that arena uh, that I go to uh, this season. So I think that, uh, and I really do this shit, but if, if you're a fan of this team and, and you have a ability to be in that building, you better act like it because um, I think um, I don't want to be hyperbolic and say it's the biggest game they'll ever see. And it better not be, but um, that's an opportunity game. Um, so I'm very, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we get out of game three, for sure. That's all I got to plug, man. We, you, we talked about my article that I was really proud of this year. So shout out to you, man, for letting me uh, get off on that. Well, for anybody who who got a, a little gap in there, I actually had to run to get my charger to make sure my computer didn't die. We throw these little, you know, these little glitches into the podcast, um, but uh, uh, wouldn't be the same without it. Um, but yeah, Law, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And shout out to the editor, editor, seriously. I'm guessing I'm shouting out myself since I'm technically the editor for us. But, you know, hey, I deserve some love, too. Um, and I'm editing the podcast, uh, which is um you know, it's, it's, it's not that much, but it's, it's a little bit, but wow. Thank you so much again. Read, read his article on the, on the athletic and all the stuff he does. Um, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it and uh, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to uh, our Patreon and uh, check us out on two, one, three hoops.com. And as always go Clippers. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.